I'm John Orberg, and tomorrow we're going to start a series called Made the Count about how God created each one of us for a significant life. But we're not going to do that today. Instead, I thought today I would like to offer a prayer for Sam and Rushdie. And I want to talk about that a little bit and see what we have to learn in uh, humility and openness of heart. I think you probably know this story. This past Friday, Sam and Rushdie, author, was giving a lecture at the Chautauqua Institute. And a young man jumped up on the stage and before anybody could stop him, stabbed Rushdie 10 or 15 times and put him in the hospital. He was on a ventilator. From what his family says now, it sounds like he will live, might well lose an eye. And our world is horrified and trying to come to grips with what would motivate someone to do this. And could someone possibly think that they are serving God in doing this? But it's an interesting thing. Uh, Jesus said 2,000 years ago when he was talking to his followers, the time is coming when people who put you to death will think they're offering a service to God. And then he has a comment on that. Uh, this is because they do not know the Father or know me. So I want to talk about this for a few moments before we pray. There's a real important word in all this. When the death sentence was issued, when a bounty was placed on Sam and Rusty's head over 30 years ago now, a word was used two times in that brief statement to describe the followers that were expected to carry this out, and that was zealous. It was to all zealous followers, all zealous believers in that tradition. And that's a real important word in the history of Islam and also Christianity and also Judaism. Zeal is indispensable for life. If we don't have zeal, we cannot live. 130 people die every day now in the United States of suicide. It's the second leading cause of death for young people between 16 and 35. But uh, as bad as the absence of zeal is, misguided zeal does so much damage in our world. You may know that the Apostle Paul was a person with a high regard for zeal. He said what he wrote to the church at Galatia when he was a young man, I, I was excelling all of my contemporaries in zeal for the traditions of our fathers. And then when he writes to the church at Philippi, and he's talking about uh, if anybody's got reasons for confidence in their own credentials in the flesh, I had more. I was an Israelite of the Israelites. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was a keeper of the law. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, in regards to keeping the law, I was a Pharisee. And then he says, as it regards zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. Now, why would he equate persecuting the church with zeal for God? Well, there's a reason. If I were to ask you, who was the first person in the Bible that was described as zealous, I bet you would not get the answer right. I would not have gotten the answer right. It's quite an obscure, very dark story in Numbers 25. It was a priest named Phineas. It's a story full of sex and violence. The Bible has lots of those. In this case, uh, Israel was on this journey where they were to begin to learn how to follow God. But a bunch of Israelite men 
began to sleep with Moabite women and then to worship Moabite gods, and that meant the whole project was going to be at risk. And the idea of monotheism, one great, just, true, loving God that people were to obey and worship and live in a new community under was now at risk. So there was a priest. He was the grandson of the first priest, Aaron. His name was Phineas, And he was so incensed by one particularly egregious incident of this that he ran into the tent of the offender with a spear and ran it through that guy's stomach and the stomach of the woman that he slept with. It's a very gruesome story. And what was said about him was that Phineas was zealous for the Lord God. And so that word began to carry connotations in that direction. If you know the story of Elijah, 1 Kings 18 and 19, he has this big contest with the prophets of Baal. He prevails. They're destroyed by the Israelites under Elijah's leadership. And in chapter 19, verse 10, he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God. And then after the Old Testament had been completed, before the New Testament times, there's a book of 1 Maccabees, and it talks about a character, Mattathias, who was so troubled by uh, the dynasty that was then ruling Israel. They just lived under one oppressive power after another. So troubled by people who were willing to flaunt God's law that 1 Maccabee says uh, zeal was kindled in him and his heart was deeply troubled and he was zealous for the law. And he recruited people with him who were so deeply devoted to God that they were willing to do anything, including use violence for those who scoffed God's law and mocked God's name. And so then we come to the Apostle Paul, and he was a part of that tradition. As it, re- as it regards zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. When a young man named Stephen was being stoned, Paul was there giving his approval until he met On the road to Damascus, the crucified and risen carpenter Jesus. And Jesus said, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, of course, Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting people. But apparently, Jesus associates with his people so deeply that what you do to them is like you do it to him. Do you understand what happened with Paul was not just that he redirected his zeal. It used to be to the God of Israel. Now it's to the God of Israel as explained by Jesus and to Jesus. It's not just he redirected it. uh, He revolutionized it. He inverted it. It was said of Jesus when he was in the temple and he was so angry because the temple was used often to exclude people, particularly the poor, by the systems of... um, sacrifices and so and jesus in a kind of a prophetic performance art symbolic way cleansed the temple it was said of him zeal for your house consumes me zeal for god for his person for his presence for his will consumed jesus so completely only that did not take the form of jesus grabbing a sword and killing others it took the form of jesus hanging on a cross and being killed for the sake of the world That's what zeal for God now looks like, is the willingness not to destroy my enemies, but to experience suffering for the sake of even my enemies. To not be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. So, we're to live lives with great zeal. You might just reflect for a moment. Two big zeal problems. One is absence of zeal and... uh, then life is not worth living. Then, then I wonder, does anything that I do matter? And I know 
in the dark hours of the night what it is to feel that. And then the other one is a misguided zeal. And that's maybe worse. And that can be religious. And I have felt that too in some moments looking at people and having so much anger at them that there's a kind of power in it. There's a kind of energy in it. But it's deeply destructive and it will destroy me. We see that in political life in our day all over the place. Um, Addiction is a form of misguided zeal. Workaholism and the craving of ever more money, ever more success is misguided, deadly zeal. So we just come back to the man on the cross. The one who is able alone to direct our zeal rightly. And Paul came to love that. When he's writing to the church in Rome, he says, uh, don't lose your zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Zeal takes the form of serving. So I'm going to ask that we pause for a moment right now and we pray. Would you join with me? God, I pray for Sam and Rushdie, this one whom I don't know, probably most of us don't, in a hospital room after such a frightening attack, living in more than 30 years of hiding and wondering and uncertainty. And I pray for his family. I pray that you would bring healing. I pray for the man who attacked him. I cannot imagine what was going on in that man's mind, but I know it needs healing. I pray for our world. I pray for the tensions and the violence that has often occurred between religious faiths, including my own, including those of us who call ourselves Christians. I pray that you would bring healing and peace. I pray for each one of us um, who is a part of this moment, these words right now. Would you give us a zeal for life, but oh God, make it the right kind of zeal. Make it a zeal to bless and heal our world and not to curse it. We ask this together in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today. Tomorrow, Made to Count.